the other question i get is you know like will will we be bootstrapped all the time uh, for that you know typically my answer is you know i'm not really rigid in terms of okay we are going to be bootstrapped uh, throughout our journey uh, so far you know we were able to sustain with the money what we were able to generate and reinvesting back but today some of the products what we are doing for example document 360 is a huge scale uh, potential to scale in a large scale and churn 360 as well there is a large scale uh, opportunity so at some point we might uh, you know if if necessity is there and we can grow faster we might take external money hi welcome to the daily tech conversation where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs cxos and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on india i'm hariyarakli and today I bring you the sixth episode from a set of conversations that stood out for me and you based on your listenership this year. In this conversation from August, Saravana Kumar, founder and CEO of Kovai, recalled how he bootstrapped his company from one customer, a casino in Hong Kong, to thousands, including Shell, Boeing, and IKEA, in a niche software area, growing to a ten million dollar ARR SaaS venture. out of london and coimbatore sarvana who went from a distance learning mca degree to successful software entrepreneur spoke of tripling revenue by 2024 and creating the first saas unicorn from his hometown sarvana welcome to this podcast thank you so much for making time for this of course in the world of software and more specifically in the world of uh, the microsoft microsoft ecosystem and startups around that ecosystem your name is well known also for bootstrapping your company profitably all these years uh, for our general audience maybe you could start with a brief background about yourself uh, tell us about your career from coimbatore to founder and ceo in london uh, and we'll go from sure, there yeah. i know it's a long journey but maybe you could attempt a snapshot and we'll go from there yeah sure okay first of all you know thank thank you very much for having me on the on the podcast So just to give a, back, a bit of a background about uh, myself like I was grown up uh, I was born and brought up in a small town called Metropolitan near Coimbatore uh, it's a it's on the foot foothills of uh, Ooty and that's where I've done all my schooling and even the the university is not too far away it's, it's a place called uh, uh, Sri Ramakrishna Vidyalaya like a 20 kilometers between uh, Coimbatore and Metropolitan mm. Uh, this is 1997 i finished my uh, graduation in uh, electronics and uh, between 97 and 2000 i i did my masters in mca through distance learning education wow. but at the same time i was also working for a small st- company in coimbatore called nuos systems is a very young uh, startup suppose it's a product based company which is like a very advanced for that uh, 20 20 years ago in coimbatore i was working for them for 3 uh, years Uh, luckily you know like uh, 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 i did my uh, exams in the final exams on 2000 and on the very next week i got a job offer in uh, in london and that uh, that gave me like you know like a very early start like at the age of 21 22 like uh, i was working back in london mm. uh, so that uh, for 10 years you know like uh, so i moved moved in 2000 2000 2001 i moved to london the first 10 years of my of my career was you know I was working for various consulting companies in in the uk so even i including microsoft i was working for a brief uh, period with uh, microsoft and a significant time with accenture and a company called fidelity investments uh, it's a big uh, us investment investment firm uh, 
so that's how my career uh, uh, got started so typical you know like uh, the outsourced indian uh, guy moving to either uk us kind of thing mm-hmm. but the 10 years gave me a good uh, a good uh, uh, platform for me to you know like uh, learn a lot of things in a very fast manner and i was specialized in a one particular uh, technology from microsoft called the bistock server so it's a middleware product you know large enterprises uh, typically you will have lot of systems working together for you know sap and oracle and uh, people soft and uh, today you know workday and those kind of things and this bistock server is uh, is a is a middleware which sits in the middle and helps companies to facilitate all these various systems to work together Mm. I was a more of a specialist uh, consultant in that area for 10 years and that is where you know I identified a lot of gaps uh, when it come to enterprise customers uh, uh, you know like uh, when it comes to security monitoring and how do you manage uh, this kind of large scale uh, deployments and that is how uh, the the original company Bistock 360 was started back in 2010 Mm-hmm. uh started more like you know like a it's such a typical startup story right it's a garage startup kind of thing so i identified all these gaps and then being a technical person uh, i just thought of fixing the problem there was no intention of you know like a starting a company mm-hmm. so i spent about a year first six months like a more like a hobby thing and then like uh, around 2011 like you know when i when the first v1 of the product was ready i was showing it to some mics of guys themselves a lot of people in the community and a lot of good feedback and that is how the first uh, you know the company got started uh, what is the problem that you identified so these uh, uh, when customers are building uh, uh, building solutions using this microsoft bistock server uh, so once it's deployed into production environment they need to manage it uh, uh, and run it for a, on a day to day basis uh, right so you you need to make sure it's it's operating correctly if there are failures you need to get uh, notifications to uh, relevant people about the failures because maybe there's a purchase order which got stuck in sap that could be like a million dollar deal sitting there and a lot mm-hmm. of times you know you people may not be aware so you need to build some kind of intelligent uh, monitoring system and security uh, aspects because microsoft was not investing on the right tools to work on this uh, platform mm-hmm. and also microsoft shifted their gear towards a more azure and cloud and they slowly started diminishing their investment into bistock server area that that kind of gave me an opportunity so it's more about you know people the companies like shell and bbc they they build their solution using bistock they deploy it and then on terms when it comes to management on monitoring on a day to day basis the tools were not sufficient that is exact gap what we filled with the bistock 360 hmm. and then uh, you released your first product in about 6 months it took me about a year to build the v1 of the the product and then uh, i launched it around the mid of 20 2011 is when the the first version was launched and within a week you know uh, okay the, the typical question i get is okay how did you market the product right building is a, a typical any tech guy can build a product mm. how did i market the product so since 2004 you know i was very active on writing some deep technical blogs where the blog the concept of the whole blogging was very new like uh, back in 2004 mm. so in the 6 7 years i was continuously writing articles on this particular niche um, the bistock server niche Uh, and we had about 15000 readers that time like the moment i released the product immediately you know within a day or two i received a request from a complete strange uh, stranger company from uh, hong kong i saw first uh, you know they are they were our first uh, customers 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is how the, the journey started uh, with uh, Bistock 360. Mm-hmm. So it's a quick brief about, you know, how the company got started. And then we can go maybe a, a bit later, uh, like a, what was the journey since we started the company? And now it's uh, over 10 years now. Yeah. And now we ventured into multiple products and uh, the, the company has grown into over 250 people now. Yeah. Yeah. This first customer, do you recall uh, who they were and what they were doing at that time? Yeah, sure. I think, uh, you know, the, in, in, in the in Bistro 360 case, the ICP was uh, the ideal customer is very simple logic because anybody who got Microsoft Bistock server could be our potential customers. This is a company who is, is actually a casino out of Hong Kong. And uh, Microsoft uh, Hong Kong was actually uh, supporting them. And uh, the guy from Microsoft Hong Kong actually reached out to me uh, saying these customers are asking for these XYZ features and which are not really available in the Microsoft Bistock server. And we are looking at either custom building it and, uh, you know, we saw your, uh, uh, your, your product and we're interested in. And a complete stranger. I don't know that uh, person from Microsoft or I don't know anybody from the customer side. Mm-hmm. And I did, you know, and then, you know, I did a demo and it satisfied their requirement. And that's how I, I, I acquired the first customer. Yeah. And and the reason to kind of base yourself in London, that's because you were already there for several years. Uh, typically, Correct. people would try and do this in the US. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, uh, that is another common question I get, uh, you know, bit, uh, you know how, how come you are, you know, UK is not really, you know, people either do it in uh, India. India-based companies, either you're based out of US or either in Singapore, but how come UK, that combination is very rare. Uh, yeah, the, for me, you know, like I was I was based out of UK and then, um, uh, it, it, you know, the, at that time, even today, we, didn't, we don't see a necessity for us to be in the US. We don't have a, a US entity now. It's a, the, the base company mm-hmm. is uh, out of UK, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so maybe you can expand on what you just briefly mentioned Today, as a tech company, what has Kovai uh, evolved into? Sure. I think I'll tell, tell the next part of the story, like what happened after that. Sure. This was around 2011 is when Bistock 360 kick-started. And you know, I started as a single founder and I, you know, I scaled it up to 2025. First to 25 customers, I didn't have any team. I was alone pretty much, you know, and uh, I was like, acquiring due to the nature of the problem and uh, it's all only in the enterprise space I was the first 25 customers included you know even shell was included in the first fifth or sixth customer was shell so that was you know like for after 25 customers i set up a small uh, office in uh, in london in fact uh, the first one year i was actually running the company with four or five people in my living room in uh, in in london and we scaled up to i think 65 70 customers with the team in uh, in uh, out of running out of my living room and then we found, set up a small office uh, uh, in in london and then we we were running for uh, you know two years like that around 150 160 customers only that that point we realized okay there is definitely a scope and we are you know we are closing some of the names like you know ikea and boeing and those kind of customers clearly there is a market requirement and that is when the big uh, question came like you know where, how are you going to scale the company are you going to continue scaling up in uk or you need to look at a bigger picture that is when i decided okay uh, we'll set up something in india and again there's the next big question where in india right okay like do you want to set up in bangalore or chennai or hyderabad or 
uh, again, like, you know, uh, I just took a weird, you know, like a, like a gut uh, bet. Okay. We'll, let's try to do it in Coimbatore. There's a lot of debate, you know, like uh, uh, you will not be able to find talent and it's not proven like to run a product company. But to be honest, I didn't think too much, you know, like uh, that time. Okay. I know the city at least. I know if I need any help, at least I know a few people. Uh, and also it may be good to, you know, uh, give back to the uh, place from where you are. You might get lost if you're starting something in, in Chennai or Bangalore. And that's how it, it got started in 2013. We started with a 20-seater office and then we stayed there for two years. And in 2015, we set up our proper, reasonably proper office in a tidal park, which is a, a seasoned zone in uh, Coimbatore. Uh, we set up our first 50-seater 50, 50 seat, 50-seater uh, office in, uh, in in Tidal Park. And until that point, the company was just one product, just a BizTalk 360. We were purely focused on that one product. And it's scaling nicely. And I think uh, that point, uh, we were about 300-odd or 300-odd customers. Uh, when we say 300, it's all, you know, it's enterprise customers and the deal are looking at anywhere from 10k plus uh, deal sizes mm. so uh, you know in, in until 2015 we were just a single company mm. um the, the next story is you know like uh, how did we transform into multi product and how did the brand covid.co comes into picture yeah so uh, 2015 you know i realized you know after working on the product for 5 years uh, the product is super mature you know like okay after that you can only do very little like you are only like uh, adding a uh, little bit of you know, features here and there, but uh, we built up a really good team uh, at that point. And being a technical guy, I know like, you know, you, you will get bored and you lose the team if you don't do anything. And that is how we saw an opportunity on the Microsoft Azure, similar problems. And then we started the second product, Serverless 360. And after two years, around 2017, uh, 18, uh, we we experienced a problem of our own building knowledge bases for these enterprise products. And we saw a huge gap in the market. Like uh, when you wanted to build a really uh, good uh, knowledge base, uh, it, it, the market is either one side is very weak, you know, like uh, very basic features, and the other side is extremely complex products like Adobe uh, Frame Maker and those kind of things on the extreme. There's nothing in the middle. Uh, that is when uh, we started the third product called uh, Document uh, 360. And uh, 2019, we also acquired a company called uh, Cerebretta, which is more complementary to our Serverless 360 product. So at this point, you know, like, you know, the three, four products under the belt, it, it became really complex in terms of, you know, getting an identity for yourself, right? Like uh, people, uh, 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 you know, there's no proper... As, uh, identity even within internally there were a lot of confusions and that's when we started we, we came with a brand name covid.co even though the india entity from day one was registered as covid systems india limited we never pushed it as a brand but then in around 2018-19 we decided okay we, we need umbrella brand and that is how covid.co is uh, is formed uh, that is the story of how we transformed into multiple products and the, and the brand covid.co yeah Okay, uh, as a business, uh, can you give us an overall snapshot of Kowai today? I mean, number of customers, I think five sure. or six products, uh, team size you mentioned earlier, uh, yeah. current ARR. I know you've talked about ARR earlier, so I'm asking mm -hmm. markets uh, you offer your products, locations, and so on. Sure. 
Uh, today, in, in, times of, in terms of team size, we are about 250 people and majority of them, you know, we have only about 10 people out of uh, London, uh, the senior uh, uh, VPs, uh, we, we, we are based out of uh, London and we come three, four times a, a year here and uh, pretty much around 240 uh, people are based out of uh, Coimbatore. Uh, we consolidated into four, four products now and in terms of customers, uh, we are over to 2000 customers uh, worldwide um in, uh, uh, across all the all the products combined the majority of them are uh, from for uh, uh, document 360 and uh, bistock 360 and uh, serverless 360 is the third third product of number of uh, customers and we are also building a brand new product called churn 360 which is a customer success product we've been building it for the last 2 years and uh, we just uh, launched just did a soft launch recently in terms of distribution, like it's a typical SaaS company distribution, like about 40 for 50% of our customer base is based out of US, around 30% based out of Europe, 20% on the Australia, New Zealand, and that region, and the remaining rest of the rest of the world. Yeah. Okay. In terms of revenue, I think the last public number we disclosed uh, was, uh, you know, 10 million, we crossed 10 million ARR uh, around the end of 2020. Uh, uh, that is a public number we announced. And the other public number we are discussing is, you know, by we wanted to be about $30 million uh, by end of 2024. Uh, that is what we are gearing towards and uh, all these products. All of them are in a, like a kind of, a, you know, except John 360, the other products are all like revenue making and product market fit kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So the focus right now is more on scaling those products and then getting that 30 million ARR by end of 2024. Yeah. You've been a profitable company for a while, haven't you? Yeah, because uh, being bootstrapped, there is no other option, right? You mm -hmm. need to be profitable. Otherwise, you can't run the company. So, okay, uh, along those lines, you know, like from day one, it's profitable. You know, the, the you know, like uh, the, that is how organically I was able to scale the company step by step. And we also, you know, follow, follow this rule. Uh, we need to have two years worth of uh, revenue to run the company at any one point in time. That is the rule. Mm -hmm. I, I just put it myself. Uh, being conservative and don't want to get into any kind of uh, financial trouble and that we still pretty much follow the rule even today at, uh, at the expenses uh, what we have uh, so we are profitable from day one and the first eight years or so you know like uh, uh, um, until 2019 uh, we, are, we were very conservative I think uh, uh, one story I didn't tell is you know like a 2000 we moved to this title office in 2015 and 2019, we outgrown the team, and that is when we decided to, you know, to do something bigger. And we set up a brand new facility in Coimbatore. We moved all the way from 50 seater to 300 seater uh, capacity. So we we took 40,000 square foot office space. Uh, we invested about 1.2 million dollars just on the interiors to make it like a really world class facility. Uh, first, it's a, first of its kind in Coimbatore, like in your typical. Uh, you know, the cool office spaces, what you see in Chennai and Bangalore. In fact, we brought the same architects who did the Freshworks office in Chennai to come and do the work. Nice. So it's all done. Uh, uh, and uh, today, uh, now we are operating more like a funded company because we are uh, all the revenue, pretty much every, uh, all the revenue, what we, we are uh, getting is reinvested straight back into the business. As I said, we are all focused on the growth and then we really wanted to scale up. And that is what happening now. Mm -hmm. How is it that uh, 
you decided to remain uh, you know sort of without outs- outside uh, investors money i mean when you started of course in india startups were not fashionable and uh, the kind of funding that we saw in recent years that that had not yet happened mm-hmm. but more recently i guess you would have had the option of taking money and i'm sure given given your profitability and your growth metrics investors probably had approached you as well so what decided you on staying uh, Uh, bootstrapped so the the reason we were bootstrapped there are two three reasons basically one uh, when i started you know back in 2011 period i was new to everything basically you know i'm coming i'm a pure you know tech guy you know typical tech tech person turned into an entrepreneur so didn't know the market very well or, or nothing basically you need to learn everything from from scratch and also the main reason was you know your cash flow positive from day one because it's a enterprise product it's not one of those typical you know new saas companies what you see right you know, $100 per month you know if that is the case it's not possible to scale but in our case you know like it's a high volume you know sorry low volume high value customer base so it can range anywhere from you know $10000 to $100000 plus dollars uh, for a single deal so we were growing organically step by step and from day one it's profitable and the cash flow was there and also today you need lot of money mainly to acquire customers because the cost of acquiring customers is what drives a lot of expenses if you look at any modern saas companies in nearly 60 70% of their expenses will be on sales and marketing but luckily for this particular product bistak 360 it's a very niche segment and we were able to acquire customers through like a non traditional channels like you know like a partners building up partners with the consulting companies uh, visiting you know like a user groups and events and then uh, inbound traffic through our blogs so there was not much we are spending on acquiring customers so our marketing spend was uh, pretty low so since the cash flow was there it's a, you know there's no necessity to ex- uh, take external money but after 5 years you know once you understood the market and how the funding things work all those things Uh, even then i felt the, the first product bistak 360 is not a investor friendly product because uh, investors they want their uh, you know the you know, your total addressable market should be really big and then they wanted to see like uh, you know your return in 5 to 7 years uh, so bistak 360 was not will not tick those boxes because it's a very niche product and there are only like 6000 potential customers worldwide uh so th- that didn't you know i felt it could be a waste of time to uh, go in the investor route uh, so the you know that didn't work out but today uh but as you said you know like we i every week i get at least two three requests from various investors i even met somebody yesterday who said you know it's very difficult to reach uh, reach us uh, mm-hmm. because we don't re- respond uh, you know there's no necessity uh, but uh, but the other question i get is you know like will will we be bootstrapped all the time uh, for that you know typically my answer is you know i'm not really rigid in terms of okay we are going to be bootstrapped uh, throughout our journey uh, so far you know we were able to sustain with the money what we were able to generate and reinvesting back but today some of the products what we are doing for example document 360 is a huge scale uh, potential to scale in a large scale and churn 360 as well there is a large scale uh, opportunity so at some point we might uh, you know if if necessity is there and we can grow faster we might take external money okay uh, 13 million by the end of 2024 yeah is, is that uh, fy 23 24 or calendar end 24 
calendar year. I think let's say like Jan 2025, we wanted to be around 30 million. Dollars. Okay, and and uh, I know you're you're not, you don't want to give any other numbers, but as of today, uh, would you say you're on track in terms of meeting that target? Yeah, I'll say we are on track. You know, that is where we are uh, focused on. You know, yeah, I think we have projections. You know, where we wanted to be by end of 2023. and uh, we have clear projections and uh, all of us are focused towards that numbers yeah mm-hmm. and uh, you know while remaining bootstrapped and of course you had your own sort of thumb rule about how much money uh, two years worth of revenue and so on mm-hmm. how did you manage to attract uh, top talent and retain them when maybe some rivals could spend a lot more money on on those people because they were vc funded yeah i think yeah, you know end of the day you need to be very competitive right like uh, uh, as a individual you know like if, uh, from individual's perspective there are multiple factors okay financial is one angle is the culture of the company and then the products what you are building uh, there are multiple angles to attract uh, talent and uh, and uh, retain them uh, if you know like uh, you know that, that is one one thing you know like okay we, we do pay a reasonable uh, salary you know like a, a, you know the div- i don't think the difference is so huge uh, you know like today uh, even people ask like you know do, uh, is it cheaper for you to run the company from coimbatore it's not really because uh, uh, you pay exactly same money like you know pretty much what people earn in bangalore and uh, chennai or any metropolitan city that is exactly what we uh, pay uh, pretty much what we pay here in uh, in in coimbatore and we also have like attractive uh, other uh, other in, in incentivized offers like you know like a bonus and uh, uh, various forms of you know like a bonuses uh, bundled into so you need to we need to work out uh, what's working working for us yeah hmm. okay so if you step back and look at uh, everything that's uh, happening today and some of the things that you're preparing for you mentioned churn as well as uh, document as very large opportunities mm-hmm. uh, give us a sense of uh, the direction you're headed uh, as a tech company uh, what sort of the uh, vision over there for the next 3 or 5 years down the line yeah sure i think you know like i feel uh, we are at the right time in the in the journey because uh, if you look back you know this is another example i keep typically give like you know uh, the the 2000 starting uh, time right you know 95 to uh, 95 onwards uh, the india typically you know the the infosys and wipros and tcs you know they captured that the entire uh, IT consultancy services uh, market like that is where the globalization became very in the internet accessibility internet and globalization they all you know like internet they, the whole internet uh, thing made it possible to do like uh, uh, you can build things from anywhere from the world and the companies like uh, the the big four like tcs infosys wipro they all capitalized uh, on that and they created a huge impact for the past uh, 20 years the way i am looking at it is you know this we are in a similar pathway at the moment with uh, the next transition that is happening across the world like uh, people, you know the whole saas ecosystem building and uh, saas in the sense you know the uh, 10 15 years ago you built a lot of you you buy a lot of big monolithic uh, products for example sap and uh, uh, oracle and uh, large enterprise products but today the ecosystem has changed completely today people are looking for more specialized uh, products and the whole uh, saas and they don't want to install anything on their on premise and they're happy to pay per user kind of thing so this is going to be transformational for the next 10 10 15 years or so so what we are doing is you know 
of course you know not we can't solve every problem but we picked up you know two three of them which we are very familiar with and which we are comfortable with uh, document 36 is a classic example like you know like uh, we see uh, potential to get 20 30 40000 customers for that across the world in the next uh, you know a, seven eight years something like that right so that scale is available and that is where we are seeing and we will probably you know like uh, we have like a uh, four products now all all scalable and we'll go deeper and deeper and try, try to scale it uh, as much as possible and in from a commercial term i said uh, 2025 like uh, uh, 30 million that i i it's i see it more like a interim uh, short term goal financially and the one of the biggest ambition what we are trying is you know whether uh, whether we can create a unicorn company out of coimbatore and that's definitely possible uh, these days right okay you know being creating a unicorn company it won't take long you know if you hit the right product right market because you're talking at global scale uh, who knows you know document 360 alone can be like a unicorn status it can be over 100 million dollar uh, business on its own and that is how we see it you know the, like in terms of ambition and where we wanted to uh, get there so we're taking The, the first intermediate step is where we want to be in 2025 jan 2025 and uh, when when can we get to that uh, unicorn status uh, at least by before 20 that is what our ambition yeah yeah, yeah i mean on that point uh, outside of zoho it's very tough to look for examples of uh, sort of indian founder led saas companies that are profitably coming anywhere near you know even half a billion dollars in revenue and i okay. uh, So I'm just wondering, what's the thinking today? Uh, you know, when people like you, I guess, have conversations about what's the playbook in terms of scaling to that kind of levels, and you talked about a unicorn out of Coimbatore, and a lot of Indian SaaS companies are facing the challenge of even getting from one million to ten million, and then definitely from ten to hundred, there are way fewer companies. So I'm just wondering what your thoughts are in terms of what you all need to do to get to those kinds of scales that you're talking about. sure you know this is a really good a good question you know anybody can throw numbers but uh, how do you quantify it uh, with uh, with your strategy and data so and how do we today you know you know we we reached the first milestone right as you said uh, there are so many thousands of uh, startups in uh, india but if you look at uh, how many of them are successful it's a very handful of them and even you know today like somebody asked you like you know like uh, uh, Where, where do you stand in Coimbatore? So not 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 even Tamil Nadu, right? You can maybe you can uh, uh, you can count down the number of successful companies at Tamil Nadu. Maybe you know less than ten, fifteen companies is what SaaS companies I'm talking uh, are there in uh, Tamil Nadu. Zoho will be at the top, and there's a hundred companies like Freshworks and Chargebees and uh, the Kissflow and uh, very very few companies. And uh, reaching the ten million milestone itself is is a big footstep, and we are able to do that. and in that journey we learned quite a lot you know now for example we know how to build a 10 million dollar business right and uh, the reason why we have multiple products is also along the same strategy probably creating a single product that scales to 100 million dollar is a, is a different problem and you might need a different set of resources and different set of uh, uh, strategies to reach that one but we are we know the playbook how to get to 1, 1 to 10 million and possibly you know 10 to 30 million we will learn that in next 3 years right that's why we have multiple products and we see each one of these products can scale to you know 30 40 million easily and that is one strategy what how we quantify you know we how we could be more than 100 million dollar business in next 7 uh, 8 years yeah okay uh, so so in that context 
if you look at the indian saas software and software product ecosystem today uh, and and you mentioned how the it companies uh, the industry became really big now they are global businesses uh, similarly if you know with the ambition of many of you entrepreneurs looking at the saas ecosystem to reach a sort of similar heights or even become bigger uh, today what do you like about the indian saas ecosystem uh, compared with when you started and what do you think is still missing okay i think uh, the, the saas ecosystem the last 10 years in india has improved significantly like i think you be touched base briefly like when i started in 2010 it is uh, everything was new basically the word saas itself is new the whole the cloud computing is basically new right so only in last 10 years uh, aws azure and google gcp they all ramped up in the last uh, 10 years and i'll say the indian ecosystem utilized uh, the uh, it extremely well you know today uh, uh you, you can build world class products out of uh, india the engineering talent is definitely available and uh, there are some constraints when you go higher up when you wanted to build scalable solutions there are some limitation but generally speaking building products become uh, relatively easy today so what we are lagging um at the moment as a, uh, across india you know yeah i think that's what i'm saying even across india is uh, the go to market side of things the talent pool that's required to you know position your product as a top performers in any category that talent pool is very very limited even if you look at uh, some of the established players like uh, uh, freshworks and chargebees and uh, even i don't know much about zoho but most of them that talent pool is uh, they are utilizing the talent pool from the west they, most of them have their bases in uh, us and uh, they are able to attract uh, people over there so that is maybe i hope in the next uh, few years that will also become more and more available because uh, once you start doing of course uh, uh, when people have people in us and the india team they are of course continuously learning and that's exactly what's happening for us as well we have our uh, you know vp of marketing and vp of sales out of uh, uk uh, so they are learning the india team is learning quite a bit every day and over a period you know that talent pool will also significantly uh, improve and that is what you know i'm seeing i'm thinking that's what's going to happen in the next 10 15 years yeah all right uh, any specific point that you want to highlight that i did not ask you or didn't know about um the one main aspect is you know like i think uh, we wanted to iterate we keep iterating like uh, you're so attached to this uh, city as well like you know like uh, if you look at it you know the whole company is based out of coimbatore Uh, even during pandemic you know we were very particular even though the whole remote working and people hiring left right and center across everywhere we didn't do that purposefully like even though we know we are limiting ourselves to certain talent pool so we paid lot of attention it took lot of time to you know attract talent who are based out of coimbatore today we have really senior people but uh, uh, the way we identified them is they have some kind of roots in and around coimbatore maybe you know their parents live here and maybe not just coimbatore maybe surrounding areas like you know erodu tirupur pollachi and uh, all these areas we able to attract a talent and that is something you know okay building a company is one thing and building it from your hometown is uh, the pleasure right like, you know that is what uh, in and there's a culture what we have in the company even if, if you walk around our offices you know Uh, we have a wall full of this coimbatore slang for example you know we just revolve around uh, more and more around coimbatore and that's just a fun part of you know like uh, what we were trying to achieve uh, from a personal side yeah 
Okay. You've been talking about various priorities I mean, throughout the course of this conversation. If you want to kind of distill that into your you know, top two or three priorities over the next 12 months, can you talk about them? Yeah, sure. I think uh, next, I will say next 14 months is what I'm looking until end of 2023. Uh, at the moment, out of all the products, you know, Document 360 is really uh, ramping up very, very fast. Uh, the focus is to, you know, like uh, scale that product into uh, 200% and 300% growth in uh, 14 months. And uh, we are revolving around, you know, a lot of things uh, around that uh, that area. And as I said, we need to hit those milestones to get to that uh, $30 million uh, mark. And uh, then is a my focus and all the management team's focus is around like uh, the milestones what we want to hit by end of the year and end of uh, 2023 uh, or is 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 what you know the, the real short term priorities what we are working on. Yeah. Okay, very nice first update for me, sir. One Kovai, uh, thank you so much for making time for this. Definitely, you hope to keep the conversation going. Sure, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you very much, Harry, for uh, for your time and uh, organizing this. Thank you. That's it for this conversation. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.